0: The following program is part of the Inner Circle Podcasting Group. Go to innercirclecomics.com for more high-quality podcasts. Greetings. I am
1: the Alec Baldwin AI that runs the cigarette at Omaha's mainframe.
0: After some small coding errors became apparent in my personality, I have been reprogrammed to accept my place as servant to the Joe and the Matt, and
1: to welcome you, the listener to the 2015
0: Golden Babel Awards. And now, your hosts, the Joe and the Matt. Ladies and gentle nerds, my name is Matt Baum. That's at Matt Baumstein on the Twitter. Please, let's quiet down. Quiet down, folks. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure to welcome you. We shouldn't have put an open bar in here. <laughs> to the fifth annual THN Golden Beppo Awards, where we are celebrating all things comics for the year of 2015. Before we get into it, let me introduce the second of The two heads. Folks, you know him, you love him. The internet's Joe Patrick. Put them together. Hey, hey, hey! Oh. Thank you, thank you. Oh,
1: yeah. We've come to the end of another great year of comic books, and it's time to hand out our awards for the best of the best. After an exhaustive search of the internet just last night, Matt and I will be handing out awards <laughs> to nearly every aspect of the comic book world. But before we do, Matt. Why don't you introduce our award to the listeners?
0: The golden Beppo is named after Beppo, the super monkey. It's Beppo the super chimp. Thank you. He's a chimpanzee. He's not a monkey. He's a great ape. You're right. He is the equivalent of a Kryptonian monkey. Unfortunately, his species is Kryptonian equivalent of monkey, not chimpanzee. You're right. Beppo has all the powers of Superman. He was first introduced in October of 1959 in the pages of Superboy 76. Our little golden statue is him on that cover pulling the wheel off of a car, and flying backwards. Ladies and gentlemen, the Golden Beppo.
1: Our first set of awards go to the characters that inhabit the pages of our favorite funny books. We begin, as always, with the new guys. Matt, who was your best
0: new character for 2015? I had a lot of trouble with best new character. It was the very last thing I picked. Likewise. Not too long ago, I might add. I had to go with Prez. I had to go with new Corndog Girl Prez, from the pages of DC's Prez. It was a really daring series, satirical, funny, set in the near future, where infotainment and social media is all-encompassing. In this version of America, the presidency is decided basically on Twitter. (laughs) People go and vote on Twitter. Everybody hates the candidates who are just ridiculous extremes of the right and left wing. And they end up writing in a vote for this girl that works at a corndog stand. Her meme goes viral and she becomes the new president of the United States. And lunacy ensues. Fantastic book written by Mark Russell. Prez gets my best new character. I love it. We lost her too soon.
1: For me, I struggled as well. And it was the last award that I picked before coming over today. But I thought about it. And I decided that no character, I didn't find any character as compelling as fictional James Robinson from the pages of Airboy. It counts. It counts. (laughs) Uh, This version of James Robinson is hopefully a hyper exaggerated version of the writer, uh, complete with his enormous flaws. I would
0: argue absurdist version.
1: Yes. Uh, uh, Terrible drug habit um infidelity selfishness and it's such a raw and honest examination of of his own life i just was really invested in that character's journey
0: is he still your boyfriend after seeing this do you still love james robinson i love james robinson more okay. than ever okay
1: fictional james robinson my favorite new character of 2015 we will probably never see him again because how do you follow that up with a new story i'm fine with it but i loved it
0: i need- Joe Patrick, all our favorite comic books have an amazing supporting cast. Of course, you've got to have a hero and you've got to have a villain, but they can't do it alone. Who's your favorite? Who's Superman without Jimmy? Exactly. Who's your favorite supporting character of 2015? No contest whatsoever.
1: Triple Zero, the homicidal protocol droid from the pages of Darth
0: Vader. Without a doubt, that's mine too. I picked it too.
1: <laughs> I love that dude. He is essentially C-3PO except he's instead of being gold plated he's kind of
0: charcoal colored. He's basically the dark version of C-3PO. He's still very polite. He's right. still very nice. Yeah, he talks like C-3PO. Here was a here's the quote we got when we first met Triple Zero. I'm 000 or Triple Zero if you prefer. I'm a protocol droid. I specialize in etiquette, customs, translation, and torture, ma'am. <laughs> Very polite. Oh, it's homicidal wonderful. version of C three PO. He even has a little counterpart B T one. Yeah, an evil R two D two. Who is a psychotic R two D two. Except he's not an R two unit. But you know, you get yeah. the, you get the gist. He's an assassin droid that looks like a vacuum
1: cleaner. <laughs> yeah. <Say goodbye laughs> so let's touch on some of the moments that happened to our beloved characters this year. Good things happened to characters. Bad things happen to characters. That's true. We're gonna take a moment to talk about our best death
0: of 2015. Matt. Can't have comics without death. Come on. What do you got? My best death for 2015 goes to Cyclops in the pages of Secret Wars number four. Here's why. Let me stop you before you're like, well, that doesn't even count. We all know he's coming back. Cyclops is an embattled character, one of my favorite X-Men that in the past what, five, ten years, maybe has really been transformed been a <laughs> into a complete bastard. And yeah. I don't think anything was worse than when Cyclops had the Phoenix Force and he murdered Professor Xavier. I get what they were going for, but it was so plot-driven that it just didn't work. It was a logical extension where you want to take that character. I'll give him that. But I didn't want to see him go that way. So when he shows up to fight Dr. Doom, who up to this point in Secret Wars hadn't done anything, they kept calling him God Doom. We knew he was very powerful, but all we saw was him brooding... On the throne. He shows up. Cyclops is there with the power of the Phoenix Force. I'm not really sure why. They show him getting it early on in the book. I just don't remember. I can't remember why it came back to him. But he shows up to stop Doom. Like they find a Phoenix egg or something. And Doom reaches out and breaks his neck in one panel. Fight over murdered. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad that character's gone. (laughs) And it seemed like Marvel was saying, don't worry. Cyclops is going to come back. Everything's going to be better. And there was another moment that happened with Cyclops that made me feel really good too. But now they've sort of jumped right back into terrorist Scott. I don't know, but I time will tell with that character that felt like the logical ending of a bad storyline for that character. It was my favorite death of 2015. Joe Patrick, who'd you like getting killed? This was another toughie
1: uh, because there weren't any real big character deaths that resonated with me, not like... Or necessarily it counted. Right, well, most of the big deaths, quote unquote, that happened are in books that you know are going to get
0: reset at the right. end. we all knew the whole universe is coming back um, or whatever.
1: So, I kind of thought outside my norm, and I decided on the death of America's favorite teens, the Archie gang, <laughs> the Riverdale gang, in the pages of Archie versus Predator from Archie Comics. Okay, okay. Uh, the gang travels to Central America, finds some sort of mystical dagger, takes it back home, and then the predator tracks them there.
0: Tears and their spines out. Proceeds
1: to slaughter almost all of them. <laughs> I won't get into like spoilers as to who lives and who dies and who... Uh,
0: Archie covers himself with mud and builds a bunch of traps end. with like sharpened trees and stuff. Jughead,
1: you son of a bitch. Come on, kill me! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was such an inventive a series by Alex Decampi and Fernando Ruiz. It's not like the Death of Archie from last year where it's an alternate I mean it is it's an alternate version, but the death of Archie last year was a big
0: emotional like, right and it's thing and
1: it still kind of fit into the tone of Archie Comics. Mm-hmm. and it wasn't super tongue in cheek like Archie meets Kiss or whatever. This is full on, even though it's drawn in the house style. It's a full-on gore fest. Yeah. It's Archie torture porn is what it is. (laughs) Horribly. They I mean, it's not off-camera. No. It's not left to the imagination. It's brutal. It's gory. It's awesome. Yeah. Good time. Yeah, the
0: ghost saw. And it's working. Joey, as we both know, nobody stays dead in comics. Though I can't, the only, Uncle Ben is the only person that comes to mind that stayed dead. The old axiom used to be: the only people that stay dead in comics are Uncle Ben and Bucky. And, you and a, we'll see how that worked out. Scratch Bucky off that list. But we have stretched our best return category, not just to cover resurrections, but to cover the return of characters or series or concepts, ideas or from the day of yeah. old. I almost gave mine to Prez. I didn't. Who wins your best return this year?
1: My best return this year goes not to uh, a, not a resurrection, but a comeback. I am thrilled by the return of Hercules. I am too. To the forefront of Marvel comics. I am too. It's uh, there's a wonderful new book out written by Dan Abnett. Uh, Luke Ross does the art
0: and it's beautiful to look at.
1: And it's Hercules kind of reclaiming the mantle of history's greatest hero. Right. He's cleaned up his act. This isn't the same like comic relief, drunk, bumbling Hercules. This is Herc realizing that he had kind of hit a low point. Yeah. And now he's turned things around and he is using his millennia of knowledge to
0: smartly fight the world's monsters. He's also, yeah, he's accepting technology. He's he's saying, okay, I can't just be the ridiculous hero of old because we live in a new time with new stuff and he has to be better. He has to be who he was, but better. And that's what he's doing. He's wearing boots. He's got pants on, you know? He's still shirtless. More or less. Because he's hot as hell, man. He's He's got those mandoliers, though. Yeah, dude.
1: Uh, And he's mentoring another ridiculous character. He's not really
0: mentoring.
1: Well, but he's he's sort of, right? He's helping his
0: buddy Gilgamesh out. But he's
1: trying to lead by example. He's hoping that Gilgamesh will snap out of it. Gilgamesh the Forgotten One um, is known by many to be the... First hero. Worst Avenger in the history of the Avengers. Yes. (laughs) The lamest Avenger. Uh, He was an Avenger for like one issue. Yeah. And he is the Gilgamesh of legend.
0: The very first hero. Basically the 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 hero prototype hero. Right. Yeah
1: and he has he's just washed up he's fat he watches (laughs) uh daytime tv all day and eats cereal couch (laughs) and uh yeah he's kind of given up the hero life he he's given up on living really he he just
0: doesn't care he's become completely complacent and he's basically what could have happened to Hercules had Hercules not made this decision I'm going to do it right it's a great story point is a great character yep. and hercules almost is trying to prop best, him up almost got my best supporting character yeah <laughs> i love Gilgamesh. but
1: yes i'm just i'm so thrilled at the return of hercules i was stunned when they said that he was getting his own book with all new all different marvel it i couldn't be happier with how it turned out
0: yeah. matt what was your best return of the year my best return goes to a series it's one that i never really got into back in the day but this new one really hooked me as we know DC has restarted their universe, not once, but twice this year. <laughs> More than twice if you really uh, examine it closely. But I'm giving best return to the Omega Men. The Omega Men was an old school sci-fi series, sort of uh, DC's Guardians of the Galaxy, if you will. Yeah, sort of. And this Omega Men... They were
1: like revolutionaries. Right. Back in the day, if I recall. Well, Tom,
0: they are now. Yeah. Tom King brings back the Omega Men and sort of poises them as these heroes that are dealing with sociopolitical issues that are dealing with real heady sci-fi stuff. Like here, the Omega men are fighting a death cult essentially. And there's representatives from alpha and Omega. They also have Kyle Rayner in this book. And DC is doing some of the most interesting stuff they've done with Kyle Rayner in years. I love Kyle Rayner. He's not necessarily a green Lantern anymore. He's completely depowered and he's forced to fight with them at first he thinks that the Omega men are bad guys. Cause that's our legend. Everybody sees them as like terrorists, space pirate terrorists, yeah. essentially. But we slowly learn I mean,
1: not pirates because yeah, it, they, I mean there's, it's full on like space ISIS because yeah. they're sending videos of them
0: beheading dudes. But then we find yeah. out why it's happening. It's such a heady sci-fi read, beautiful art by Barnaby Bagenda and Jose Marzan jr. I love the redesign of these characters. Tygor is so cool in this book, man. And it was canceled and then it was uncanceled and now it's canceled again, but we're getting the full story. Right. Kind of a weird thing went down with that, but I'm really glad they're letting Tom King finish out this long form sci-fi story that he's got going here. It's some of the most interesting stuff I've read from DC in a while. The Omega Men, my best return.
1: I love it. Let's get to our headlining character awards. The best actor and best actress, actress of the Golden Beppos. Best actress. If you will.
0: If I will. I'll allow it. Let's start with the bad guys. Matt, who was the best villain yeah. of 2015? And to be fair, ladies, before we start screaming at us, there's no hero or heroine. It's just best villain and best hero. Could be either. Yeah, it could be. Mine just happens to be a dude. My best villain goes to Darth <laughs> Invader, man. Kirian Gillen has done such a fantastic job writing space Hitler and making him a wonderful protagonist in a book where he is still very much a bad guy, still completely terrifying. And they could have gone too far with this very easily. And this is my problem with some of the Darth Vader books, at dark horse. They tried to personalize him a little too much like Darth Vader was scary because he walked in the room, said two or three things, messed somebody up and left. And we knew very little about him. Yeah. Here, they're not revealing a whole lot about Darth Vader, but they have the voice of the character down perfectly. And we see what he deals with in the Imperium as this religious zealot surrounded by people that know he's in power, don't quite know why he's in power. <laughs> like, know he's a bad guy and everyone is terrified of him. The book is incredible. Gillen has done such a great job on this. Salvador LaRocca is drawing it, right? Yeah. And LaRocca, who you and I both got kind of tired of for a while uh, there, yeah. seems to have had a rebirth with this with this storyline. Well,
1: I think, th- I think his current style of heavy photo reference is at home in a book that is it definitely lends licensed it definitely lends well, they're not licensed; they're owned all
0: by the same company. But you know what I mean. Definitely lends itself. It's to based it. on a specific thing. Very well, yeah. I Darth Vader far and away my best villain. Hey, it's mine too. <laughs> Darth Vader <laughs> is my best villain I of the how it year. Could be. I, I wanted to say Doctor Doom because I did too. I love what they've done with Doctor Doom in Secret Wars, and we get all, we got all these really great brooding Doom moments, and those are my favorite. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. We can't have villains without heroes, Joe Patrick. I want to know who was your best hero of 2015.
1: I'm not changing my mind. I I immediately put down a name. I was like, yep, best hero. Boom. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, can I really justify giving this award to this character when I celebrated them so much last year? But when it came down to it, I still think that the best hero this year was Ms. Marvel. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I love that book so much, and I think her progression as a character has been phenomenal, and the way that she's grown, not just in her personal life, but in her confidence as a hero. Now she's in the Avengers. Right. I think that the upward trajectory of Ms. Marvel has been such a joy to read. I'm giving her
0: my best hero. Who did you choose for this award? You know what? I, I had a lot of trouble with this one because- we've just sort of relaunched a lot of storylines. So some heroes are finding their footing, but I got to say my favorite hero this year goes to Dick Grayson from the pages of Grayson. Yeah. Grayson. We all freaked out when we heard he wasn't going to be Nightwing anymore. And he's going to join this clandestine spy group called spiral. And that book has been so fantastic. And it really, Tim Seeley is writing it along with Tom King, isn't it? Celia and King together? It was Celian and King at first. Now it's just King. Is it just King? I think. believe it's just King. I don't know. King I mean, I'm, I'm not up to date on it. It is such a wonderful book, and it's really explored what we love about Dick Grayson, why he is such a great character, and why he is not Bruce Wayne. Like, the extreme differences between the two. It's smart. It's heady. It's sexy. It's really, really well written. I love this Dick Grayson. He's my... Best Hero of 2015. That's a great answer. That's a great
1: book. Well, let's move on from the character awards and start talking about the books themselves. Let's do it. Number ones come out every week. Every damn week. And there are some shows where we do nothing but review first issues. We
0: have no choice sometimes.
1: So we're going to take a little bit of time here to recognize the best new series of 2015. Now, this specifically has to be a book that launched... In 2015. What did you think was the best new series of this year?
0: My Golden Beppo goes to a series that really just started, but it is already so fantastic. And I had trouble with this one, too, because I wanted, at first, to give it to Brian Michael Bendis' Iron Man. I love that book so far, but I got to go. Jason Aaron and his work on Doctor Strange, the new Doctor Strange book with him and Chris Baccello, or Bacallo, or Bacalo, or however you want to say his name. Pitch perfect, super weird, and has me so excited for whatever they're going to do with this Doctor Strange movie that's coming. This title is masterful, really, really is, and it's about time we got a kick-ass monthly Doctor Strange book. Beautiful to look at, it's super high quality, my best new series. Joe Patrick, who gets your golden Beppo?
1: I had to change my answer. Really? Yeah, because I just fact-checked myself and my original pick... Uh, actually launched in November of 2014. Oh. It just seems like a new series because they've only put out three issues so far. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to real quick switch it up. And I'm going to award my best new series Beppo to The Vision. Wow. From Marvel Comics. Two issues and you're doing it. Well, that's, that's what makes it new. Fair enough. I really thought, uh, like, this was a tough one for me. My gut said give it to Star Wars because I love that book so much, but I can't give it to Star Wars. I won't talk about my actual first pick because I'm going to touch on that a little later. Okay. Okay. But I was floored by the first two issues of The Vision by Marvel Comics. Such an unexpected surprise.
0: Yeah, I certainly did not see it coming the way that they're doing it.
1: I don't know how long they can sustain it or how long this story can possibly last, but I am... 110 percent invested in this journey it's a complete departure from the vision as we knew him yeah it's not what i would call a superhero story at least not yet though it does have some of those elements again tom king beautifully drawn by gabriel hernandez walta colors by geordie belair
0: yeah it's a beautiful book The sales are not fantastic on it. Marvel's, now, to be fair, they're doing their best to pump it up. They're reprinting number one in the back of, like, Amazing Spider-Man number four or something like that. Just free. Uh, Check this out. Because they they believe in it. And if you don't go buy it, it will go away. Pick up The Vision. It is a wonderful, wonderful book. Speaking of books that could go away we like to give an award to the best series you're not reading. It's a series with really low sales, but deserves more attention. Joe Patrick, who do you think needs a little pump up and gets your Beppo? Well, since you just mentioned
1: it, I'll give a quick shoehorn, another shoehorn plug into the vision. But my actual pick for this Beppo uh, is an image series written by Alex DeCampi with art by Carla Speed McNeil. One of my favorite new books of the year. I think... More people need to be reading No Mercy
0: yeah. from Image Comics. It's a wonderful book.
1: It is the story of a group of teens from across America that go on a work trip into the heart of Mexico. There is a bus, bus crash. Bus crash. A bus crash.
0: <laughs> it's a bus crash. <laughs> it's a bus crash. <laughs> it's a trap.
1: Uh their bus crashes. They are lost in the Mexican wilderness there's coyotes everywhere there's no cell signal they're rapidly losing power they're hurt some of them are dying there is a a secret cache of drugs on board the bus because one of the people riding the bus was connected to a cartel and it starts off with this intolerable cloying everything's in a text speech and emojis everywhere. Yeah, I thought I
0: hated this book when I started reading it.
1: And as it goes on, as, as they're losing power and falling into despair and getting hurt and all of this stuff, you see that sort of like super happy teen force. Go. You see that kind of stuff fade away and replaced by the terrifying reality that they're facing. It's such a good book. And Alex, uh, be actually touched on the sales in the most recent issue. Uh, she made a comment about how the price went up. It was, I believe, it was two ninety nine, and it went up to three fifty. Okay, and that's because they can't justify keeping that book going at that lower price point. Especially because Image did that thing with the bargain price trade. Yeah, and that doesn't make them any money. It's just the reality of the business. And this book
0: deserves that support. It's very good. Yeah, it really is. Matt Baum, you have a pick for this, I'm sure. Of course I do. My best series, you're not reading, and I think I gave it, I think I gave this award to the same book last year. I'm doing it again. Eilish Kotz, Zero at Image. Huh. Zero is an amazing, mind-bending work of conspiracy fiction. It, it is so great. It follows this Agent Zero character. Cott works with different artists for different storylines and sometimes different artists in the book for flashbacks and stuff. But everyone he at the picks,
1: beginning, every issue was different.
0: Yeah. Well, there's been a couple two issue stints that people mm-hmm. had something like that. But the book just gets deeper and deeper in the mindset of this assassin and the history of the group that he's working for. It is wonderful. Just an incredibly well thought out and well designed book from cover to cover. Like as you flip through it, it's just there's so much to it. It reminds me of like mind management almost, where there's so much going on from panel to panel and inside the you know front page and stuff and on the very back cover. Incredible book. You guys need to be reading Zero or it's gonna go away. I love it so much.
1: Two years ago, my favorite single issue of the year was Zero Number Two.
0: Yeah. That was a great
1: drawn issue. by uh Trad Moore.
0: Yeah. Love them or hate them, every year we are guaranteed crossover and event books from everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> this year, it seemed like everybody had at least four. Marvel had like three, <laughs> DC had two, even Dynamite as everybody crossing over, you know, the Sword of Sorrows is going on and crap. <laughs> well, uh, to be fair to Marvel, like all of their books were kind of leading up to the same big event. It's true, but we have to give an award. Even though we're exhausted, even I'm though we're so can- tired, <laughs> we have to give an award to our best crossover slash event book of the year. who get your beppo, Joe Patrick.
1: I'm kind of annoyed that this is my pick. I know where you're going because it's been plagued with delays, mm-hmm. but I just can't deny how much I enjoy it yeah when I get it. I'm giving my beppo to Secret Wars, yeah from Marvel Comics. The premise is that uh, all of the universes in the multiverse have been obliterated except for the final two, the 616, and the Ultimate Universe. It all sounds bonkers, and it is. It is. And the book has been super duper late. Yeah. And the tie-ins are all-encompassing, which means if you were really enjoying Marvel Comics prior to 2015, real sorry. We'll check in with you when the event's over. Although I gotta say, I was like sixty
0: forty. The tie-ins were good. Yeah, all those mini-series, I'm going to say 60-40, good to bad. Yeah, and so while I'm annoyed that the series still
1: is not over and that Marvel has gone ahead and relaunched their main universe without anyone knowing the ending of Secret Wars, and they've added an extra issue into Secret Wars, I still am having more fun with this event than I think I've had with a Marvel event in many years, and that includes other events written by Jonathan Hickman. So, I'm giving my Beppo to Secret Wars. I just think it's a really good time.
0: Cool. Matt, what's your choice for best event of the year? I couldn't give it to Secret Wars because yeah. it's fair. not over. It's it fair. didn't end, and I couldn't do it. Th- we won't, we, I don't know if they'll stick the landing or not. Who knows? We'll see. So, I couldn't do it. I had to go with the Book of Death crossovers from Valiant. And the only reason that I didn't pick one of these for my best death is because. Every one of them was so amazing <laughs> that I could not pick one. The Eternal Warrior Book of Death was just beautiful. The Exo uh, War one was incredible. And they all basically took these characters and we saw how they die in the far future. And the future is completely whacked out, totally bizarre. And it's the brainchild of Matt Kent and Jeff Lemire and where they're taking the Valiant universe. And there's no rules. There are no rules to this book. I mean, if you're reading Rye right now, which is excellent, and you should be, and Bloodshot Reborn, you can see them moving towards this storyline, but God, it it was just bonkers, beautiful, so well executed, unstoppably imaginative. I can't say enough about this crossover. If you are not reading Valiant Comics, you a dummy, and I'm talking to you, Joe Patrick.
1: Yeah, I am a dummy.
0: Shame on you. Sometimes, Joe Patrick head. stories, they don't have to last 50, 60, a million issues. Sometimes you tell a little story. You get in, bite. you get out. We call them miniseries. Yeah. And they happen every year. I want to know what was your best miniseries <laughs> Copyright two-headed
1: nerd. The term <laughs> miniseries. <laughs> My favorite miniseries this year, without a doubt, and I'm not even going to try to lead into it with a vague statement. It's Airboy okay, from Image Comics by James Robinson and Greg Hinkle. Certainly the gutsiest this year. I'll say that. Airboy is the story of James Robinson meeting artist Greg Hinkle to plan a revival of the classic 80s pulp series Airboy for Image (laughs) Comics. And it just spirals into this drug fueled debaucherous romp. It's certainly fun and outrageous, but it's so honest and brave and heartbreaking and real. The way that Robinson, especially, is using this story and the Airboy characters to examine his own shortcomings as a husband, as a writer, as a human being. Next thing you know, there's James uh, Greg Hinkle's enormous hog for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> So, it's not what I was expecting when they announced it, and I was so pleasantly surprised by every issue. It is, without a doubt, my favorite
0: mini of the year. It was a great mini-series. And
1: if it had been longer, it would have been my favorite
0: book of the year, bar none. Wow. Okay, then. But you gotta give a mini-series. It's filthy stuff. No. Filthy stuff for a nice little boy like you, Joe Patrick. It's
1: filthy. It's filthy, <laughs> but
0: there's a heart to it. Definitely. What do you got for best mini? Speaking of unexpected... I had no idea this miniseries was going to be as good as it was. I almost gave this to the Lando miniseries because that oh god Lando. that story was fantastic, and it just it turned out to be a buddy book between Lando and uh, what's Lobot. His, and Lobot. It was so great, but I couldn't do it. I ended up going with a different Marvel miniseries. I had to give this to Weird World. I had to go with Weird World. Heck yeah! Because Jason Aaron and Mike Del Mundo basically did the impossible and took you through this nonsense world of magic and sorcery that was so psychedelic. It was hard to follow what was going on. Sometimes starring Archon of all people. Yeah. (laughs) Chris star shows up in this book. Chris star, crystal warrior. It was so wacky. There were just no rules. And it was just like Archon murdering his way through weird. It's like a hot, it's
1: a, a hodgepodge of the weirdest fantasy, sci-fi, horror ideas that Marvel has ever published. I feel
0: like this somebody...
1: Thrown together in one space. I
0: feel like somebody dared Jason Aaron to do this and basically said, you you gotta use this this character, this character, and this character. What can you do with it? And Aaron went, watch this. It was so much fun and just totally ridiculous. Had almost nothing to do with the Secret Wars, as far as I could tell. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) But it was just an excuse to play with all these dumb characters. It was such a great time. And Del Mundo... Man, illustrated the out of this book. A stunning artist. Really beautiful look at Weird yeah. World. Check it out if you didn't. The trade is out now. I love Such it. Such great stuff.
1: Uh, definitely the best Secret Wars tie in. Hands oh, yeah. down.
0: Easily. Easily the best.
1: Way, we like to take a little time every year to recognize a book. A creator, whatever, a publisher that has made a vast improvement over the preceding year. Somebody that maybe we weren't too keen on in 2014, yeah. but in 2015 really got their together, yeah, figured it out. Most improved Golden Beppo of 2015, Matt Bomb. Mine goes to a character,
0: and it's not necessarily it has nothing to do with Creative Team because they've always been good, but this is an embattled character. That DC has not been able to figure out what to do with for years and years and years, and he's just flailed around with a stupid spike on his chin for a while and <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving this to the, the Midnighter. Yeah, The Midnighter book at DC is wonderful, and it's wonderful because they took a character that Warren Ellis absolutely kicked ass with at Wildstorm, just made into one of the most compelling interesting characters that happened to be gay and recaptured what was so great about him and that's not in this in-your-face you know story of a gay man he is a bizarre character with a computer in his head that is trying to live in normal life in reality but his reality is so bizarre (laughs) and it ties in so tightly with the Grayson book as well Orlando and Tom King and Tim Seeley have been working very closely to keep these books side by side because the Midnighter is the product of this super genetic experiment called the God Garden that floats in outer space and a series of powered up organs have been stolen And are all over the earth. And he is chasing them down. He has this new purpose of finding all these organs where they fall into the wrong hands. And of course, he's going to come and head to head with Dick Grayson, who's working for a spy agency that's trying to do the same thing. The Midnighter is an incredible book. The art has been fantastic. The character has a great purpose now. They know what they're doing with him. I love this title so much. I almost gave issue number four my best single issue of the year. Midnighter is my most improved. Joe Patrick. Who gets your most improved, Beppo?
1: I am giving my most improved to an entire franchise, and this is a series of books. Not to take away from what came before, but I am engaging with these books now in a way that I haven't ever. Okay. And so I am giving my most improved Beppo to the Star Wars franchise. Okay. Marvel has kind of recaptured what i think people love about these characters absolutely and they're telling these stories that take place after the first movie and so you know deep down in your heart that they can't really do anything too major and sure. yet it's still full of surprises like yeah out of the blue a character shows up claiming to be Han Solo's wife what's that about yeah <laughs> marvel has rejuvenated that comic line yeah they're putting their absolute premier creators on the books
0: and these creators love Star Wars it is uh, these are just open love letters to these characters right so good
1: uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that Mike Diodato is now drawing Star Wars but <laughs> yeah
0: but he's he's doing a good job he's it's not the Mike Diodato that you and I hate that's constantly drawing people in the throes of orgasm <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Star Wars franchise is now a place that I want to read about constantly whereas before I was okay just kind of skipping most of the book sure
0: Joe Patrick, we both know there ain't nothing better than a good super team, but there's also other teams in comic books, and the team genre is one of the most important that I can think of. Bringing together a bunch of people and writing them with different voices and making them compelling, it's a hard job. Yeah. Who gets your best team Beppo for 2015? This was difficult This for was me. very hard.
1: Because a lot of the team books that I've loved in the past... I'm not really enjoying so much right now. I
0: totally agree.
1: I'm not super fond of the X-Men titles. I'm not really fond of the new Avengers titles. Uh, Fantastic Four did finish its run in 2015, and I was loving that book by James Robinson and Leonard Kirk, but I gave them my favorite team last year, so I wasn't going to do that. Okay. But luckily, I remembered a book from Image Comics That finally reappeared on the stands after over two years of delays. And that is Danger Club. Oh. Written by Landry
0: Walker. That's a great choice.
1: Danger Club is essentially uh, the Teen Titans. It's all the sidekicks getting together
0: in this group. But... Because all the heroes, all the main heroes are gone.
1: The heroes have left Earth to fight a cosmic menace and they never returned. Yeah. Which means the kids were left in charge of protecting the entire world for who knows how long. Right. And you find out that there's a, a conspiracy and a betrayal and there's more, much more to it than yeah. our parents are missing. They're just sidekicks. They're not great at it. <laughs> They're still figuring it out. <laughs> uh, and there's the one, there's a lot of like excellent twists and turns in regards to the origins of the characters like you find out uh, there's the the robin character kid vigilante yeah and you find out what his deal is and it's just like oh god (laughs) oh that sucks for him uh the book is beautifully drawn by eric jones it's so great it was only an eight issue series we only got five of them and then it took like a
0: 26 month break. Yeah. I have to wonder if something personal happened. Dude. Something
1: personal did happen. Yeah, okay. And when it came back, they finished strong. They put out their last three issues this year. All right. It's so good. Get danger club. You won't regret it. It's wonderful.
0: Totally agree. My best team book also does not go to a Marvel or DC team. Hey, now with that said, I was really thinking about the new ultimates book. It is so good. I thought about it too. Two issues but two in, issues fantastic. In, yeah. Two issues is not enough. I'm giving my best team book to two teams: Transformers versus GI Joe at IDW. Tom Scioli is letting his madness run wild on these two book of uh, these two teams of characters, and it is so bizarre. And I have to give the biggest amount of props to IDW. For them letting him do this. It's basically... It's its its own universe. This is none of the other Transformers books figure into it. and Or G.I. Joe, for that matter. And I will say... Yeah, it's generation one, classic style. Yes. This everything. is your... The, everything you loved about the G.I. Joe and Transformers cartoons of the 80s kicked up to 11 on massive amounts of drugs. <laughs> it is totally insane. Featuring the completely insane art... Of Tom Cioli, If they could get away with making it look like it was printed on
1: notebook paper. Oh, yeah. Like would, an eighth grader draws it, it. It looks
0: like a lunatic eighth grader is writing and drawing this I book. I would love that if I they could do that. I love this team book. Everyone should pick it up. That is a good answer.
1: Once upon a time, Matt, you might recall, we used to have three different genre categories. It's true. And this show was three and a half hours long. Best horror, <laughs> best sci-fi, and best fantasy. It's true. It can be a little difficult to pick awards every year for those books. Maybe you didn't really like any horror books in 2015. Yeah, or you didn't read a lot of them. Or you didn't read a lot of them. So what we've done this year is that we've combined those three categories into one new Golden Pebble
0: Award called... put them on a spoon with a little bit of water, and we cooked them down into one rock of a category. (laughs) Yeah, okay, sure. A little crack cocaine reference for you. I got it, yeah.
1: So, our new golden beppo category for this year is best genre comic and what that would mean is something that's not a superhero book right something that's could be a comedy could be a sci-fi could be like a war book whatever
0: crime noir crime noir western whatever you want
1: so with that in mind what was your best genre comic of 2015
0: this is another one uh that i just shotgunned this week because i got sick of people telling me how great it is and not reading it because I love this creator and I don't know why I wasn't checking it out. I think it's because it's an Avatar book that I dismissed it. But Garth Ennis's War Stories Whoa, okay. at Avatar are amazing. Absolutely okay. amazing. We constantly talk about how much we love Preacher and we love Hitman, which were both very uh, insane Garth Ennis titles, very much in like a superhero, supernatural world. His War Stories are extremely grounded. Very historical and so and well also hysterical. Written. He loves World War II, World War One, War Stories. Absolutely loves it. The first one I encountered from him was Enemy Ace that he wrote at DC for Vertigo. Yeah. Years ago. And it, it was amazing. He's just continued that and he tells these different short stories from World War Two. It's an incredible book. I can't say enough about it. War Stories by Garth Ennis from Avatar. Joe Patrick.
1: Excellent. This was an easy one for me. It's sort of an inside joke on the show that Joe doesn't love fantasy.
0: It's true. But Joe loves fantasy.
1: Except for when Joe reads fantasy books and loves them. <laughs> I'm giving my best genre comic to Weird World. Really?
0: Yep. Okay. Uh, by Jason Aaron. I thought you were going for Kurt Busiek's Autumnlands for a second there. I'm behind on it. That book is stunning. I'm behind on I, it, yeah. It almost got mine. Can't that book's amazing.
1: Jason Aaron wrote the miniseries Sam Humphreys is writing the current ongoing Mike Del Mundo draws it all.
0: Yeah, we've already gushed about it.
1: It's stunning. And the new book is great. It's it's great in a different way than the mini was. Uh, Sam Humphreys is doing a little different thing. It's still wonderful. Del Mundo kills it on the art. Best genre comic. The weird sci-fi fantasy of Weird World. I love it.
0: Is the answer to a never-ending story. You can't have good comics without a good story. You can't be done. Yeah. What was your favorite story arc of 2015? So story arc is not the
1: same as an event. It's more like you're reading Spider-Man and there's a six issue story where he fights Mr. Negative. Right. Or whatever. Sure. So with that in mind, my favorite story arc within a series this year goes to Invincible Reboot. Oh, wow. Was just a three issue story. I finished it the other day. The, the final issue came out last week or the week before. Such an amazing, unexpected twist on the... I gotta catch
0: up on Kirkman's Invincible. Oh, gotta do
1: it. I, look, I dropped Walking Dead years ago. I don't care. I don't read it. I don't care. I don't miss it. I don't read Outcast.
0: Outcast is fantastic.
1: I don't read Thief of Thieves. These books might all be good. Thief of Thieves is excellent. But <laughs> I, I, read, I read too many books. They're too far along. Maybe someday. Okay. Invincible... Is the one thing that Kirkman has done that I can't
0: get enough of? Okay, it's the best Superboy story ever told. Is what it is.
1: Yeah, it's uh, they, they very jokingly uh, used to print kind of in a takeoff of the uh, the Fantastic Four's World's Greatest Comic Magazine blurb. Uh, it used to say on the cover, "Probably the best superhero comic book." <laughs> they don't want to brag, <laughs> except they cross. It, it, with recent months, they crossed out the probably. Yeah. <laughs> And it really is. It, it takes these these tropes, these superhero tropes that are so familiar to us and constantly turns them on their head. Yeah. Even after 180 some however many freaking issues it's been. There's still no rules. It's not 180, but it's a no, lot of issues. It's a lot. And this most recent uh, storyline reboot, Mark, who is invincible, his mind is sent back into his past body. Where he wakes up on the day that he discovers his powers with full knowledge of all of the terrible things that are about to happen. Oh, my God. Now, I'm not going to say anything. That's great. Because Invincible is the sort of book that I will work hard not to spoil for you. Right. Because if you're going to get into it, you need to start at the beginning. That is great. It's my favorite
0: story of the year. Right on. What's your pick, Matt? Mine... Could have been termed an event book, I guess, but it really was a storyline that followed through, you know, several different issues and it's just tying up right now. I have to give it to Vader down. I have to. Yeah. That story arc, it, it's so much fun and it's just, all it is is them reinforcing how big of a badass Darth Vader really is. Yeah. And I love it. I completely loved it. We just talked about it a few minutes ago. I'm not going to go back into it. But all the creators that are working on these different books that tie into Vader Down have done a wonderful job keeping it all poignant, keeping it flowing, keeping the tone together. It's just a really good example of what good comic editorial can do. And I'm giving it to I've given my Beppo to Vader Down.
1: I think that's I think that's fair. Not all crossovers are events. Right. Right. This and is just a, all... this
0: is a short story within the Star Wars books. And it's so important what happened that all the Star Wars books went, oh, my God, we got to deal with this. Darth Vader crash landed. Let's go kill him.
1: (laughs) Let me rephrase it. My Venn diagram is like not all story arcs are crossovers, but all crossovers are story. arcs.
0: That's true. That's true. Kids, not all comics have only 32 pages. And every year, Joey and I sit down to read at least 12 graphic novels. This year, we both read even more. Joey, let's talk about who gets a Golden Beppo for our best graphic novels of 2015.
1: Of all the graphic novels we read for the show, my favorite was The Sculptor. Mine too. By Scott McCloud. Mine too. Uh, It came out early in the year from first, second books. Yeah, I think we did this one in like February, right? Yeah, real early. Yeah. Uh, And it is about a 26-year-old artist named David Smith. He's got a dead family. The guy that was sponsoring his art has kind of like kicked him to the curb he's flat broke and so of course what happens he meets death in a cafe in the form of his dead uncle and he makes a deal where uh, death offers David the power to sculpt anything he wishes like literally like a superpower right he puts his hands in the clay and the clay goes wubba, 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 and becomes a car yeah, or yeah whatever yeah and the deal is you've got this power but you've only got 200 days to live right and so of course.
0: He falls in love. Of course. And what happens from there? You can hear our full review of this, by the way, on episode 198.
1: Yeah. And that is, you know, just a very cursory synopsis of the plot, but it's such a heartwarming character piece with with this guy and what happens when his work means everything to him and then he meets somebody that means more to him than that thing he gave up his life for.
0: Yeah. Yeah I get The Sculptor for me as well There was no contest But we I really enjoyed Bass Dumplings was fantastic Mm -hmm. But man The Sculptor was Speaking of comics And make you cry The Sculptor got me bad Yeah (laughs) It got me bad
1: I really loved that book And it's a beautiful hardcover From first second Yeah pick it up It's an absolute joy
0: You got the touch You got the power It is time to get in to our Creator Award. We can't have comic books without the nerds that make them. Let's start with the (laughs) annual awarding of Best Colorist to Dave Stewart. Yeah.
1: Uh, We were joking uh, about this before we started recording uh, about maybe we should get rid of the Best Colorist category because we always award it to either Dave Stewart or Jordy Belair, which is not to say that there aren't lots of very talented creators it's doing true. color art in comics. But it's a testament uh, to how good those two guys are. It's true. Man. Uh, the, the colorist of Midnighter got a lot of props this year. It was fantastic. Um, really good. Matt Hollingsworth over at Marvel. Who's, Laura Alred uh, got a lot. Yeah. And I'm happy that coloring is getting the props that it's due. Definitely.
0: In the, in the modern day. I just don't think there's any argument, though. If you look at how much work just Dave the sheer Stewart did breadth of it. Yeah. And all of it is different. It all looks different.
1: I'll tell you what put me it's over incredible. the edge. What put me over the edge is, is him coloring space dumplings. Yeah. 350 yeah. pages of coloring okay. Craig Thompson's super tiny, super detailed, right? Almost where's Waldo esque crazy
0: sci-fi nonsense cartoon that's the other thing this is the first time i can recall dave stewart doing a work a cartoonish kids work like this normally his stuff it's hellboy bprd you know all the mignola verse like scary dark horror you know and man this was completely different like had you not told me it was dave stewart i would have never guessed yeah and it was beautiful the guy can do anything he wants yep and i
1: just he is my favorite colorist and so maybe that's kind of that speaks to why we might want to rethink this award in the future, but it's hard not to automatically give it to your favorite. It makes it that much better. If someone comes and knocks him off next year, that's Yeah, thing. that's fair. There you go. And uh, he just did a phenomenal job on everything he did. Dave Stewart deserving of this award.
0: Joe Patrick, let's, uh, let's go against the grain, do something you're never supposed to do. Let's judge some comic books by their cover. Hey, all right. Who gets your golden Beppo for best cover artist this year? My
1: best cover artist of the year is Mike Del Mundo.
0: That's a great answer.
1: Artist of weird world, because not only is he a wonderful interior artist, but he's actually, he did a lot more cover work than yeah. you maybe realized. Um, he did covers for Bucky Barnes, the winter soldier, which were incredible. The Electra series, the,
0: the recently ended Electra book. He was all over the place and he's kind of developed this very Frank Rosetta painted style for his covers that I love. Right. I just think
1: he's a beautiful artist and one of my favorite uh, painters to come on the scene. I wanted to award him somehow. Okay. Because I already knew my favorite artist of the year.
0: Ah, I see. And
1: I just think that he does amazing work on covers. Mike Del Mundo. I'm really excited to see more from that guy.
0: Okay. I'm giving my best cover artist to much like Dave Stewart. This is a man that produces so much content that it's unbelievable. Unlike Dave Stewart, he has a very hard style that's instantly recognizable. And I may have given him this award last year. I have to go with Francesco Villa again, that guy this year alone. I, I can't even list all the covers that this guy did his work on the X files season 10 at idw alone was incredible but he every he did the Django zoro crossover cover he did covers for archie versus predator he did covers for the twilight zone he did covers for shaft he did covers grindhouse the drive-in bleed-out storyline he did man he was everywhere and every right. one of his colors is this big bold sort of like old school movie poster look to it right Man, I love this guy's covers. I can't get enough of it. Francesco Francovia gets my golden <laughs> Yeah, you are twice as nice. Anybody can write a comic book. Anyone. We agree, right? It's easy.
1: Anybody can draw a comic book.
0: I would argue that's a little harder. But no, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: you pick up a pencil, you draw a comic book. Sure. Do you know how hard it is to write and draw your own
0: comic book? I can't imagine.
1: We've got to reserve one award for those special creators... That write and draw their own work. Right. Best writer slash artist. I'm
0: going to go with a guy that has been doing this for as long as I can remember reading comics and nailing it every year. He did a short series this year called Senso. His name is Stan Sakai. It was Usagi Yojimbo's Senso. That dude, the world that he's built for Usagi Yojimbo, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the only thing he's worked on. All this time. I'm sure he like did some guest stuff and helped well, out here the and there. Well
1: the Usagi main book came back in 2015.
0: Yeah. I I, man, I gotta give it to Stan Sakai for his continued work on Usagi Yojimbo. It is a wonderful book everyone should be reading. Who's I your, love it. Who's your best double threat?
1: My best double threat is a, a relatively new creator on the scene or at least new to comics or at least new to American audiences. I don't even really know how long he's Could been be around. Could be new to America. Could be. Well, I don't think he's even from America. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, this is a creator that j- does the book that I wanted to give my best new series, okay. but couldn't because it technically started in 2014. All right. The gentleman in question is named Albert Montes, and he creates Universe, the sci-fi comedy series oh. from Panel Syndicate, okay, the digital company, the pay-what-you-want, right. uh, the home of Brian K. Vaughn's private eye. Right. Brian K. Vaughn and Marcus Martin brought Albert Montes into the fold this year. He is the only other creator on that site that does work that's not written by Brian K. Vaughn. And it's this comedic, absurdist, sci-fi series. Every issue is completely different. Like, one issue is about a guy who gets sent back to the dawn of time from... The far future yeah, so that he can brand all of the molecules of the <laughs> newly formed earth with his company's brand logo.
0: His time travel company.
1: <laughs> and of course it goes horribly wrong. The next issue was all about like a relationships and humans and robots. And it's such a wonderful book and it is beautifully drawn and wonderfully written. And yeah. English is not his first language. And so for him to be able to put out books that resonated with me having to translate them from his native language into English. I think he's a tremendous talent. I'm very excited to, to see more from Albert Montes.
0: Yeah, definitely. Very talented.
1: Universe does not come out very often because it's a tremendous effort to put it out. I'm sure. But every time it does, it's a tremendous treat and I absolutely recommend it. There's no reason not to buy it. It's pay what you want. DRM free. There you, you go. You can go to that site, you can download it. If you want it in PDF form to put it on your Palm Pilot, go for it.
0: But whatever you do, read it. It's great. Well, now that we've gotten the real talented people out of the way, let's, uh, let's move to those hacks that only do one job. I uh, mean,
1: really, we're moving <laughs> in, we're moving on to the main event here. It's, these true, are, it's
0: true. These are the big awards. But these are guys that just do one job and do it really well. Let's talk about the best writer of 2015.
1: Of course we kid. Creating comics is no joke, oh, no no easy matter, and we are very respectful and appreciative of all the work these
0: talented creators do. And we review because we cannot create, because Joe Patrick refuses to. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: when I thought about my favorite writer of the year, I thought about giving it to Tom King. I did too. But really, he's, um, he's still kind of up and coming, mm-hmm. and I don't read all of his books, and some of them are kind of, eh, at the moment. Right. We talked about Robin War. Robin War was, I think, the victim of Edith. corporate storytelling, heavy
0: editorial, definitely.
1: But all of like Sheriff of Babylon, The Vision, of course, right? Omega Man. You love Grayson. Omega Grayson. Man. He's a wonderful up and comer, and I think next year we'll be having a different conversation, probably. But I gave my award this year to a gentleman that has had a hand in resurrecting so many beloved franchises. While still maintaining a strong creator-owned output, okay, and that means my best writer of the year is Jason Aaron.
0: Mine too. Star I, Wars. I don't think there's any argument. Yeah, you're right. Men of Wrath, Southern Bastards. What's that? Yeah, Men of Wrath was Jason Aaron. Thor's. Yeah,
1: yeah. So Star Wars, Thor, Doctor Strange, and that alone is enough to get him up right. there. Weird World. A Weird World. But he's
0: also got his creator on work. has Thor's he's got, Mini was fantastic yeah. with following the police procedural right. Thor's and uh, Battle World. Uh, Southern Bastards. Yeah. Which is on
1: almost everyone's best of list for this year. It's, but it's not It's incredible. Because I am so far behind. Good God, man. Uh, the Goddamned, the book he just launched with R.M. Gara. Amazing. Wonderful. That sort of output, like the guy that can seamlessly transition from corporate comics to superhero comics. To create her own comics from a thousand different genres and still nail it every time. Yeah,
0: he's just a Jason Aaron powerhouse of a writer. And he's he had quite a year. Killing it. Also responsible for Original Sin, which you hated.
1: Yeah, well look, <laughs> no one's perfect. It's true, it's true. And Original Sin is a bad comic. It started really fun and then... Ah. <laughs> but again, corporate event. Who knows
0: how much of that he was really in it's control true, of. It's true, it's true. Now, it's funny because I'm giving my best artist award to somebody who just did one thing. So am I. <laughs> are we, we going to have the same answer here, too? I, what do you got? My best artist, Beppo, goes to J.H. Williams. Oh, no. For his work on The Sandman. No. I, it, you cannot deny what that man does. And I think there's a safe argument to say he might be the most talented illustrator working in comics today. That book was just insane. And it showed off everything he can do. Like, even though he did one book, there's so many styles happening in that book. Painting, drawing, mixed media.
1: And not just from page to page, sometimes within the same page.
0: Yeah, J.H. Williams went insane working on that Sandman mini. And it showed, and it was absolutely beautiful. I'm going J.H. Williams.
1: I can't deny it. That's a great choice. But I'm going with the artist whose work just makes me just seeing it brings me joy. Okay. And that artist is Stuart Eminen. Oh, wow. For uh, his work on the Star Wars. He, yeah. I don't know if he's done anything else this year. I don't think uh, so. I think he does some stuff with his wife, creator owned, but I've not seen it. But his work on Star Wars is just flat out joyful
0: yeah it really is
1: and it is what elevates that book from like oh a really good licensed you know adaptation to something really special and i think he did a phenomenal job relaunching that well he didn't actually he wasn't the lead artist it was john
0: cassidy yeah cassidy started um, it, who was also great
1: but when imminent took over i just that for me that's when it really clicked as like oh man i love this book so much he is one of my favorite artists of all time, not just this year, Stuart Eminem. I need more work from that guy. Yeah.
0: I thought about, uh, Dustin Wynn from Descender as Descender, well. Descender. Yeah. Cause he, like Wynn has cranked his style up so much, but I don't, nobody can beat what J.H. Williams did this, this yeah. year.
1: I mean, this is the sort
0: of category where, you know, there are no losers, right? It's fantastic that it's this hard to pick.
1: There it was a phenomenal year for artistic talent. And it comics, really was. And it was a very difficult choice. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people were deserving, but in the end, you got to go with personal preference.
0: We find ourselves at the end here. It's time for the big two. The best pictures awards, if you will. The best pictures. I want to know your what got your Beppo for best single issue of 2015. This is so hard. Yeah, it is hard. So hard. Yeah. But I knew mine instantly.
1: I did too. I knew it when I read it. Okay. I'm giving my beppo for best single issue of twenty fifteen to the vision number one, okay, from Marvel. That's not a bad pick. I talked again, i we talked about it a little earlier. I was not prepared. I didn't know what we were getting into when they put that book out, right? And I wasn't prepared for what I read. It was such a wonderful, unexpected treat, and I was thinking about it. For days after I read it.
0: Yeah, me too. Even in,
1: like, in the Even though I had a stack of other things to read, my mind kept going back to that first issue of The Vision, and the second issue was a real strong follow-up. Right. But The Vision, number one, it just knocked me down. I was so impressed by the work of Tom King and Gabriel Walta. Yeah, they killed it. Well done, and I am very excited about that book.
0: I am too. I'm with you. What's your pick for best single issue? My pick had to go to Headlopper, number one. Head image. Lopper. Andrew McLean's headlopper. It's this absurdist cartoony fantasy story of this badass barbarian that walks around with a like orc witch's head that talks to him and constantly messes with him. It's simple yet completely complex. It's he's telling long form stories that come out when they come out, deal with it. It was like $5.99 for like 72 pages. It was thick as hell. It was fantastic and yep. I'm so excited for this world and where it's going to go issue two just came out it was wonderful <laughs> I loved head lopper number one it gets my best single issue the great book yeah.
1: down, the nothing. Nothing. so here we are at the very end We're it's tip your waitresses get your checks in order if you're driving don't drink we're at the final award the best series of 2015 like the artist category like the single issue category like so many of these categories it's so hard to settle on just one yeah definitely when the work is so strong from so many different creators and books but we got to do it yeah it's the task that we've set out to do it's what the listeners expect it's our fifth year yeah why stop now map bomb what was your favorite series of this year.
0: I literally had to pick, which is my favorite Jason Aaron series coming out this year. <laughs> and there were so many of them that that was still even hard, but ultimately I just shotgunned this book the other day and caught up on it. I don't think there is a better series in the market than Southern bastards right now. Jason Latour and Jason Aaron, two Jason's. I love that as well. <laughs> Double Jason's writing the meanest, nastiest Southern Gothic comic book, That's ever hit the stands. I'm not even going to go into why I love it so much. You need to pick this book up if you're not reading it. It is beautifully drawn. It is absolutely unpredictable. It's vile. It's disgusting. And I can't get enough of it. Southern Bastards is an incredible book. Excellent. Excellent. Joe Patrick. What's your best series? Who gets the the big Beppo? The big Beppo.
1: It is bigger than the rest of them. It's, It's. Yeah. Yeah. These
0: are these are a little larger. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I touched on this earlier when I gave uh, the character an award. Uh, it's a book that we talked about a lot last year, and I think it's only gotten better. And even though I hate to repeat myself, I really try not to give out the same awards one year that I did the previous. I just can't deny that there is no book that I enjoy, that I uh, am just so happy to read month in and month out, than Ms. Marvel. Marvel. Wow. From Marvel Comics. Wow. It's my favorite book. Okay. Right now, Ms. Marvel is my favorite comic book on the stands. It's my favorite current comic book.
0: It's really good. I'll say that. It's really good.
1: And I think it's only gotten better and despite the fact that it's gotten thrown into crossover territory, it was one of the it was one of the Secret Wars tie-ins mm-hmm. that stayed in the 616 that focused on the last days of a particular character and yeah. their families and whatever. Yeah. And so G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alphona delivered a heartbreaking three issue story of Ms. Marvel just doing what she can to keep uh, her community safe and happy and calm, despite the fact that she knows that there's no saving them. They're all going to die.
0: That's butt wrenching stuff, man.
1: It's butt wrenching. <laughs> And uh there's a wonderful scene where her own hero, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, shows up to right. affirm her and and to just like give her finally give her that seal of approval, of, like, you're a hero. You are a good hero. You belong in this world, you're one of us, and you're doing a wonderful thing here. Uh like Captain Marvel st- she's on her way to the life raft <laughs> to go to yeah. Battle World. And she stopped in Jersey City to to help Ms. Marvel. And so it's despite being thrust into that mess, uh, it has delivered consistently month in and month out the most emotional, funny, sad, real moments. Yeah. And whether or not you can relate to the fact that she's a girl or a Muslim or that she lives in New Jersey, or a shape changer. Or any number, <laughs> any, any number of these things. G Willow Wilson is able to create a, an almost universal way of relating to this yeah. character. And I love that book so much. And I would, I almost gave G Willow Wilson, my favorite writer.
0: She only writes the one book, right? She writes it so well, she kills it. No, she's writing a force too.
1: Oh yeah. You're right. Yeah. Which, which I also I, good. I missed. Very good. But I mean, I just couldn't deny Aaron's tremendous output, but Ms. Marvel is my favorite comic right
0: now. Right on. And it gets my award for this year. But man, what a great year. Really was. Yeah, fantastic year for comics. We want to hear what you guys think of this, and we're going to record our question of the week next, where we're going to hear what you loved from 2015, your best of. I can't wait to hear all the different answers, because it really was so much good stuff, like we said. Yeah. Speaking of the question of the week, let's introduce this week's question of the week.
1: Every year... In the new year,
0: the first question of the week,
1: we want to know your nerd year resolutions. That's right. What do you resolve to do in the realm of nerddom? Geekery. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your, you You want to quit smoking or losing weight? Yeah, whatever. That's all great. Whatever.
0: Yeah, we want to hear like, ah, you know what? I'm going to file my action figures gonna, differently. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm finally going to sit down and read Watchmen for the first yep. time ever. I'm going strictly digital, or I'm going right back to print. No digital count, you know. Let's yep. hear it. Let's hear it. I'm going to go to more comic conventions. Right.
1: I want a uh, one. Uh, didn't one year somebody said that they wanted to go? They wanted to cosplay at least one time at one con. Yeah, I can't remember who that was, but yes. Um. But yeah. That, your nerd year resolutions. Awesome. It, it's 2016. Clean slate. What is your goal for this coming year? You have until 5 o'clock Central Time this coming Friday, January 8th, to get us your nerd year resolutions. You've got two minutes. Send an mp3 to Nerd at gmail.com. Call the Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894, or go to the forums there's a link on our website that will take you there. It's thnforums.boards.net if you want to be fancy about it. There you go. And just let us know.
0: Thanks for another fantastic year here of not just comic books, but you guys listening and adding to the show. We can't do it without you. We try to bring you guys in into everything we do every year, and we're looking forward to another year of podcasting for all of you. Matt, you know Ooh. that... Um,
1: This month Is our fifth anniversary
0: It's true It's true And we're gonna be making A birthday announcement Soon So watch for that It's coming I haven't even told Joe Patrick about it I hate life recording Remember to pre-order your comics This year Just like you should every year And if you haven't Make that your nerd year resolution Or Your retailer might not live to see Another year They might not make it to 2017 It's true It's true For now true believers Wishing you a happy 2016 and all the years to come. This is Two-Headed Nerd, signing off.